0: welcome back to kettlebells and cocktails i'm your host john and happy new year to my favorite person ever Nikki. how are you
1: i am so good how are you doing
0: i'm great i have all my favorite people in the show kelly's with us tonight kelly what's going so on man funny. nice to see you both i was trying to do the math today i think you have now passed danny spiegel for the most visits to this podcast
1: oh oh shit okay what
2: wow. quick end and get those quads back on here stat <laughs> we,
0: we need we need to she's been traveling a lot and having all things going on in her life so we've not been bothering it's tough to
2: be popular to and beautiful and really good at your job and
0: it really is i struggle with it all the time I know, I know all the time i understand
1: i was gonna be like i have no so, idea So,
2: ladies and gentlemen said we have some middle-aged bald guy <laughs> yes let's go
1: well we usually have one of those so
2: <laughs> that's right too yeah. that's about
0: I'm, I'm two right. is better than one. Yeah, two is always better than one. I appreciate you coming. I um, Nikki and I are going to take a new slant to the podcast. We alluded to it back years ago in 2023, <laughs> and that we're looking to make some changes. And so you're you're our test subject, buddy. So congratulations for jumping on with us.
2: Well, always, always down. You're always so pro our community, and you're so positive of the people in the community and there's enough sort of backhandedness shittiness that i really appreciate you two very much so down down to to up talk everyone so it
0: makes me feel good because i got yelled at the other day by an og affiliate owner that said i was not pro community that i was just compl- they, they quite literally said you're leveraging your meme page to express your displeasure and i'm like let me clear it up i'm absolutely doing that i am absolutely
1: <laughs> first of all accurate but second Accurate. of all, <laughs> no, things are not mutually exclusive. You can be no. pro-community and you can also yeah. use your following to voice your concerns. That's okay.
2: You, When you start with, I'm using my meme page, then <laughs> I, <laughs> I I just want everyone to understand that satire and self-reflection is part of the game. It should be mm-hmm. part of the game.
0: Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, is, it was all pissed off over one of our last episodes that I'd posted where I'd had some criticisms about things I would like to see hq do better and i think a lot of people struggle with criticism like they think you're just pooping on them which i'm not like i just i think this is a sport and uh, and fitness that was literally founded on chasing excellence like that's all of us as soon as we started we're like i want to be great at this and somehow we've reached this point where we're just okay with Thin details. No, no, I mean, it's like, I, I want more. I want, I want all the details so I can immerse it and get good at it and understand it.
2: May I use my best favorite metaphor? And I've just, been, I've been thinking about this the whole time. Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce you to Dune. So the, when you first book, it's dangers of charismatic leadership. It's deep ecology. It's hero's journey. All of those things wrapped into our CrossFit community. We feel like we are part of, of a revolution. The second book is you start to see veterans coming home and it's written after World Vietnam, veterans are coming home and you start to see the dangerous aggregation of power after the first generation that started the revolution. And the third book, ladies and gentlemen, is the dangers of institutions and institutionalism and Mm -hmm. how we should be constantly reminded that institutions do not exist except by our sort of acceptance and that we should be constantly tearing them down and asking how might we reimagine our lives and the institutions that serve us. And I think what you've seen in the past 20 years, this year is my 20th year of CrossFitting, 20 years.
1: Wow, holy moly. And I'm
2: I'm still doing EMOMs and I still do, I, I still love it, but it's long enough now to have seen the normative features of a movement become established. And then really what you have started to see is independent sources of power and conversations about what the movement is. And that where we are now in this conversation about what this means to so many people is a feature, not a bug. And so get comfortable with us pulling and pushing and asking, because this isn't some gigantic Nike brand. This is a hyper local phenomenon that is built-in communities and families and garages. And simultaneously, it is an international thing. And trying to wrangle all that, we should be always struggling to have these conversations.
1: Yeah, I, I, I could not agree more. That was an, an incredibly succinct and intelligent way of expressing where we've come in the last two decades. So thank you for that. I also think that there's part of what makes this discourse not only important, but also acceptable is allowing one another to have a difference of opinion and listening to one another and accepting that we may not necessarily agree one way or another, but everyone's take on it, and it's such a multifaceted organization with multifaceted problems and solutions, but everyone's take on it is valid in one way, shape, or form. And so I think, John, what I like the most about what you're doing and what you want this podcast to do is just elevate and discuss all the factions that have to do with what we're trying to build here and not necessarily plant a stake in the ground always sometimes maybe but not always to say like this is the way forward this is the way you know it, there's so many different elements of it all that can be discussed and can be to kelly's point pushed and pulled against and and sort of like figured out so you can absolutely leverage every pouty goat face meme to yeah. <laughs> to sort of like amplify your discourse if you wanted to. But I think what comes out of that is greater discussion where I know you, John, like no matter how strong your opinions are, you're always willing to also listen to what other people have to say. Even if you're like, I hear you, you're wrong, but I hear you. I think that's a really important part of gross. And we're not going to have that unless we have someone raising the concerns and then other people well, respectfully responding I,
0: to them i love that you have that opinion of me but it's not entirely true the, the guy the guy reached out to me he's like hey we should talk by phone i'm like yeah no, we shouldn't Help. well
1: that's different <laughs> it, it's 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 holidays man like yeah. i don't i don't have time to get on the call with you <laughs> one of the one of the features
2: that has changed is that we're often not all in the same room and it's mm-hmm. it's complicated yeah. now we all run complicated businesses if you run an affiliate it's not like back in the day we have to imagine 2004, 2005, open our affiliate in 2005. We are going to CrossFit Santa Cruz all the time. We are tight. Eva Tordokin is coming up to my house all the time. We're seeing each other. Dave Castro is coming up from San Diego. Everyone is in the same room a lot. And then we're all going to different certifications and trying to learn and become competent in this very wide, disparate set of skills. And we're constantly forced to interact and a witness what people are doing in their gyms and that, and we would travel around. And then as an, as an SME for all those years, I saw firsthand how people were serving their local communities to the best of their ability. And Greg rightfully has said, "I, I don't know how I would extract revenue out of this, this community. If you didn't think it was valuable to you, you're welcome to leave. I had some beef with CrossFit. They had some beef with me and we, we, I ended up not being an SME for a while. I continue to be an affiliate and they continue to let me run my affiliate and didn't partake. They didn't muddy the waters. And I just, what I think is easy to do is to lose track of the most important thing here is how can you best serve your community and can you do it better? And are all these other resources we're able to tap into? There's an old saying in Like the Chinese would say, the emperor is far from the field. And I hear a lot of people beefing about CrossFit, the institution of it now. And I wanna say, how does that impact your day-to-day? So I think there's a lot to unpack there, but ultimately the magic is and was, I know my community with the resources that we have and the people that we have, and I can serve them better than someone in a different locale, and CrossFit never told me how to do that. They gave me instructions about a, a template and a model, and then they left it up to me to serve the people that were in my garage and paying my bills.
1: Yeah, I think fundamentally that is that is a really simple way of of looking at it and continuing to run your business despite what the institution is touting at the moment. And I agree with you, but I also at the very same time understand where this, greater confidence in the brand comes from and so when affiliate owners are truly boots on the ground but like when they are trying to evaluate whether or not this business is going to be sustainable for them for the long run whether they can build their lives on it part of that sort of ladders back up to the brand and the institution as a whole and so i do understand how people are seeing Things change at a level that doesn't affect them directly necessarily in how they step into their gym every day and to their affiliate, how they program and how they help serve their community. But to them, it's a longevity game oftentimes being like, well, am I going to be able to do this for 10 years and use the money to build a family, buy a home, whatever insert life goals here? Or is this brand in and of itself going to crumble because of a decision made at the top that I don't like or a leadership change that I don't like or whatever? Like I, I understand that connection and that concern and also on a third just purely visceral level like we have an emotional bond to this thing yeah it's probably it's a the problem weird yeah, it's totally the problem and it's the it's the only and john has said this a million times like this is the only organization on the world in the world that is like this on our planet we're like we are just we are blood sweat and tears here for this company for this brand for these people for these events that are run 99 percent on volunteers like it's just crazy like people have a love for brands if they didn't i wouldn't have a daytime job <laughs> but like nobody's willing to like live and die for nike or what they do or what they say they're just like these are the coolest shoes on the block and so i'm going to spend all my money on them and when there's a new colorway, i'm going to buy it but we are like this is crossfit and we like fucking mean it one, it's just weird.
2: I've been watching now. I'm one degree removed, right? We lost our gym in the pandemic. I serve a lot of CrossFit athletes. I serve a lot of CrossFit gyms and all my friends still. I have what, how many CrossFit gyms in my like immediate circle of friends? A lot. I can certainly appreciate that it can feel like, hey, a lot has changed up top and it's hidden from me. And it doesn't, I don't know if, the people who are now in control of this thing that I'm licensing, this name, this identity that I'm propping up with my best efforts, if they have my best, right, my best at their heart, are they really thinking about protecting me if they haven't, aren't part of this community? We don't know, we haven't worked out with them, we haven't seen them, we haven't, you know, we like, you never really know someone until you fight them. Well, Mm -hmm. I I haven't fought with a lot of those people. 100% of the old HQ, For better or worse, we knew exactly who we all were because we all trained together. Suddenly, I can appreciate that there's lots of change. And again, we're not sure what the motives are. And then the first sort of ding that you get is, hey, we're going to double your affiliate fees. And I'm sure what that really was, it's not about $1,500 or $2,000. I want to just go out and say that one of the things I loved about CrossFit was that as an early affiliate, I was grandfathered in at $500. And they respected that for taking a risk. Thank you, Kelly, for being early on. We're going to respect that. Whether that should change or grow, whatever. But what I can tell is I'm sure that it wasn't the money. It was the idea that the first thing that you went to was this person who is the reason you have a business in the first place, right? That's, it's not the games. It's not something else. It's, this local affiliate and the first thing you did was ask a little bit more for us and i'm sure that was very very stinging
0: yeah i i mean i'm not our affiliate hasn't been around anywhere near that long we've been paying the three grand for some time wasn't shocking to us we saw it coming i think everyone saw it coming to some degree i think it was the delivery that seemed shocking to a lot of people to your point like they The mindset for the 500 bucks was thank you for taking a chance on us and we're going to respect it. And they respected it for a long period of time. And then to just pull that Band-Aid off very quickly, I think caught a lot of people off guard, not because it happened, but because, again, my opinion, CrossFit's communication leading up to that point, I think everyone would agree is a little sketchy. I don't mean like intentionally sketchy, like they're just not great. At telling their own story i had a boss once that used to tell me this all the time he said don't let anyone else tell your narrative ever like always control your own story and they've done a really poor job with that even even don when he was rolling this thing out said he was shocked at the number of people that didn't know that cat programming was free and that's a, an example of if you had told that story in advance of all the things you've done leading up to the price increase, probably would have been received a little better because now you the perception is hey we got a lot of value prior to this, and so now you're having to go back and and remind everyone what you've done, and I think that caught a lot of people is off is that
2: hard. is that is that water so far down that we poor communication and that's the communication straw that broke the camel 's back is it indicative of Of something, the question is, who, what is CrossFit, and who owns it, and how how would you have CrossFit Inc. serve you better as an affiliate? Like that's a fundamental question. Because what I'll tell you is that CrossFit was, and I, I, an old guard, Tony Budding pulled me aside. We were on the airplane come back from an affiliate gathering, and he said, "Look, CrossFit will do nothing for you, but we'll do everything for you." And I really felt like that was always true. That it was my bed to make. It was my relationships to make. It was my hustle to have. And did that support come back? Can you support 10,000, 15,000 the way that some of the OG people feel like is necessary? Could Greg have individual relationships? It used to be, we'd get on a call and there'd be 20 affiliates on the call with Greg. And he'd just touching base once a month. Hey, what's going on? How are you doing? He'd call people out, new people new people's names and their kids. At some point that scale just becomes too large where we can't possibly be in touch. So what is it that we want from headquarters that's going to change and put people in my gym? Like, I think that's the fundamental question because there was plenty of times where I was like, okay, you gave guns out as prizes. That feels super sketchy, right? The, this thing that I have on my name, now you're giving out handguns and right after, shootings like that was a choice that at some point i'm like well this company doesn't represent me sometimes like that's but you know what i mean i guess that's the question is what are we looking for that we're not getting as affiliates
0: this is what i love about having ogs on the show because you guys remember where all the bodies are buried you remember all the crazy shit that happened if people look back on greg's tenure of owning this place and i say this with all due respect and love for greg They look back on it as if the guy never did anything half cocked again. That's worth respect. I remember that gun situation, like people lost their minds over that absolutely lost their minds over it. It And
2: and I'll start with the saying that my whole career as a professional cannot be told without CrossFit cannot be told without Greg Glassman giving me a platform cannot be told with, with the experiments and the connection that happened. I just got a text from James Hobart. So, the all my friends still cross it. We still cross it. I love Crossfitting. We'll always Crossfit, even as a fifty-year-old man with a fake knee. I'm gonna cross the rest of my life. Yeah. So, I I think, simultaneously, we should recognize that we always have had a tricky relationship with Crossfit Inc. because there was always a dynamic tension of hey, you guys can't just go out and create your own independent empire and pretend like it's not CrossFit. We saw Jason Kalipa try to do that. You've seen a lot of people say, hey, maybe this isn't working, maybe I can do better on my own. And CrossFit was always like, go ahead, just don't pretend like you're CrossFitting. And always, they were super loyal and would come back around. And no bridge was ever burned. They were always willing to pull you back in and give you another chance, always the question is is this just a different kind of relationship of dynamic that we're having or is this the the feature because we all had i don't know we what do we gross like four million bucks a year as our little shitty affiliate in san francisco i mean we had we paid so many people living wages and had health insurance and in vibrant community and that's all because the name was san francisco crossfit
1: mm-hmm yep you can't like, even do think, that anymore yeah. For what I'm it's worth.
2: Out. You couldn't do that after we did it. Uh, they were like, you, I think it was Trident and CrossFit that they were like, okay, you can't do that anymore.
1: Yeah. 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 That has been a rule for a long time for people who don't know. It is like very hard to name affiliates nowadays. There are so many rules and there are like zero identifiers allowed, like zip codes, states, cities. Yeah. Like, and the, it's
2: the tough. only reason we were San Francisco CrossFit and CrossFit San Francisco is that a guy was squatting mm-hmm. on the domain.
1: Oh, what a pain in the butt! I
2: know. So we're like, okay, San Francisco Cross, but he's like, I own that one too. I was like, no, you don't. Check, go, daddy.
1: In the name of Doctor Stewart. That's right. Mm-hmm.
0: I think fundamentally what you're describing here, Kelly, is like people just don't understand the cultural differences between Greg's world and this private equity world. They don't. They everyone remembers and knows what Greg did, but they don't understand the dynamics of a culture in a company owned by an entity that expects profits.
2: Yeah, that's that's 100% a true statement. And I think that is, I think at the heart of this is, is this an ex, a wealth extraction machine? And that may be in tug of war with, I, I don't think Greg ever had a problem making money or putting that money back into communities. He bought me lots of dinners. He... Mm-hmm. The generosity of CrossFit HQ was yeah. was pretty powerful, and if you couldn't pay your bill, they would cover you. They did they did a lot of very personal things. That is from we'll just say it's from a different era for sure. I think I think you yeah. really are, and, and is that very foundational conversation? Is that the split? What I'll tell you is that I have Greg Glassman's number in my phone, and I can text Greg Glassman, and I have texted Greg Glassman, and he'll text me back. Like this is the there, again, there's no Kelly Starrett hustle that exists without this so i'm always whatever my complicated relationship with the headquarters crew right i've known dave and nicole forever they're still people that i grew up with as teenagers and respect that growth and all the things that they did now do i have to wrap my head around this as an entity and is something lost in there i'm sure there is
0: I had this conversation with Don. I told Nikki about this. I think a couple of weeks ago, I had a conversation mm-hmm. with him back in August or July, probably August. I think it was at the games, if my old man brain remembers well. And I said, I said to him, like, "What's your, what is the the biggest thing you're worried about, or the biggest thing you're trying to change for CrossFit in the next year or two years? Like, what's your main agenda?" And he looked me dead in the eye, like he didn't even hesitate. He goes, "Culture." Because I'm trying to change the culture from the inside out. Now, I did I smartly did not ask him to elaborate because, honestly, I didn't want to know at the time. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know, bro. Like, I had a sense of some of the stuff he's come up against and what he's trying to do. But if that's the first thing that's on his mind, I think it certainly resonates out through the community that we're wondering what is the cultural shift Mm. between what you're describing when Greg ran it, which was... There were some, certainly some wonky moments and some moments where we were all scratching our head going, why is he bringing that couch into the studio and which direction? And why did he delete Facebook and fire the media team? And like all those contentious moments to also the Greg that we loved where he is buying dinner for everyone and he's buying equipment for gyms that need it and donating to charities and like all that great work that he did through that time. And now you've got a private private equity company on it. We're not really sure what that looks like or what that does. To the people actually running the company culturally because fundamentally that's what rolls down to us Is like how is it impacting the day-to-day cfhq employees that are working there many of which worked under greg
1: that's that's interesting to me because that culture to me actually means something very different like a company culture i guess it's a pretty vague term i guess it could mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people but I, to me, hearing someone talk about wanting to update or alter or change company culture kind of speaks more to the emotional side, the relationship building side of how people interact both internally within the organization and also how those messages are sent externally. Not only to the people who are already within the organizations of so the affiliates and the coaches and the seminar staff, but also to the general public and the impression, the the overall image of the brand itself. I think that is more of what I would expect to see change. I think it's both, and would love to see change. For for the record, would love to yeah. see change.
0: Yeah, they're they're intertwined. I don't. Dis- I think you're right. You're spot on, but they're intertwined. Yeah. When you, sure. When you when you change a, a a mindset at the employee level, in this case at HQ, it's certainly going to start evolving into how does that culture being pushed out to the affiliates?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's I it's see- hard when you go from what Kelly's describing. Correct me if I'm wrong here, Kelly, but what you're describing before is like Greg. He didn't have a problem making money, but it didn't sound like he worried about money either. At least that was always my impression of him. And now we've got a CEO coming out very clearly saying 20%. That's our profit margin that we're looking for.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But, but aren't we doing? I'm so sorry to cut you off, Kelly. And, no. but I think you can answer this question. Aren't we doing a little bit of apples to oranges comparison? Yes. Because if you go back to the Dune <laughs> one, one to one, like we're in a completely new phase of life where it's, it's a different institution. There are different goals. We're at different scale. Affiliates want different things from the organization than they originally wanted as well. Like it it goes both ways. And I don't necessarily think it either could have or should have stayed the same fundamentally or culturally or whatever. Like I think it must grow and evolve. And part of that might be with the private equity situation or with capital coming from somewhere, but it, it Has to in order to survive and thrive and evolve in this type of a world that we have that demands that of businesses that grow.
2: Is it okay for CrossFit to need to make money? Is that okay? Yep. Yes. So yes, and I will tell you that the old model from the before we all just go pining for the old days was here is the line you're you're on the line you're on the team or you're out and you can make Mm -hmm. that choice and it was very very clear when. The RRG came around, right? The CrossFit Risk Retention Group. We were all having a hard time getting insurance. We couldn't find people. We were actually a health spa under a tent in San Francisco. That's where we were and how we got classified. We couldn't do gymnastics, gymnastics rings, Olympic lifting, all of these things. It was crazy the number of insurance companies that we had until we had the RRG. And the RRG solved the problem people forget that you were asked to donate a thousand dollars to the rg to get it going off the ground and your name went on a list of donations or it was suspiciously off the list of donations that was very public and talked about and you were everyone who was involved was like well i guess i'm never going to get this thousand dollars back and i'm making a thousand dollar donation to the rg which ultimately inured in our benefit but you know it's an example of in the old culture, we knew exactly where sort of some of the lines were, and you could either flirt with the lines or toe the line. And I think one of the things you're describing now is what, imagine that you want an organization that you're very proud of and that you feel these most strong emotional attachments to. What does that culture need to do for that to happen? Does it just need more time? Do we have new trust? Or is it that we have so many new faces so fast that we're like, hold up, we've been here for a long time. And suddenly, this feels very different. And I don't even know, the and the first sort of order of operations that you've done is extracted revenue from me. And I had one of my friends, Bridget, who has a small affiliate in Idaho, was like, wow, we make $100,000 a year, and that's another 2.5% that we're paying out of our $100,000 affiliate in our small gym. So- again, the decentralized model, which is great because we were allowed to work fast, work free and invent what you wanted simultaneously. I think we would love to have had a little more professionalism. Now we have this, let's just call it hyper-professionalism, but we've lost all the important reasons why we'd want to have a strong culture in the first place. And I, I think Don is a great guy. I've known Don for a long time. I don't know anyone else that except the old guard at the HQ but I'll say that the problems are tough and if you were an affiliate or a person concerned about this and you went to the community and this is what you're doing John what problems would you solve and how would you solve them I think that's the sort of mindset that we need to make is that if this truly is our community then let's ask what we want and let's be very clear in our in our signaling about what we expect of our parent organization
1: I think one thing that people one thing that John and other affiliate owners that I have heard have been very clear about is that just to bring this whole thing full circle is just much more robust communication. And I can respect, not an affiliate owner, by the way, but I have been coaching for what, 12, 13 years at this point. So I've been a part of many gyms and I can respect that. I can respect wanting more transparency and more information and more detail on what is happening all the way up in the chain of command. But that sort of brings us back to the original question, Kelly, that you asked, which is like, is, are the things happening at the top of the institution really fundamentally worthwhile for serving your community in the gym on a day-to-day basis? And I think that now that our now that our organization is so global and so evolved over the last 20 years, affiliate owners are going to feel very differently about that. Some of them will plant their flag in the sand and say, absolutely, every single decision that happens in that boardroom affects me directly in X, Y, or Z ways. And they can tell you how everything trickles down. And some people are like, I don't even know who the CEO is, but I just wrote my programming for the next three months and I'm damn proud of it. So it's just, yeah, I, I don't think there is, I feel for, for Dawn and for everyone else who steps in at this point, because there's no way to please 15,000 owners. There just isn't.
2: Well, and I want to remind people that around Northern California, we have a lot of old affiliates people who've yep. been through the, through the trenches and through the wars for a long time. One of the people that they put in charge of sort of affiliate relations is Katie Hogan, who is vetted CrossFit athlete, CrossFit yeah. coach as cross as it gets going out there repairing and mending fences and building new relationships. Do we need five Katie Hogan's? Can he, can he single Katie is got three kids and, and is suddenly like, Back on the weekends, can this thing feel like someone is seen and, and, and can I be heard when I'm at a global institution level? And CrossFit, CrossFit institution globally serves me still. I travel and drop into CrossFits. I have athletes around the world. Someone has a problem. They're at a World Cup. I'll call my local CrossFit and find out who their physio is. I use CrossFit and the network obsessively and continuously in my day-to-day work so one of the things that we're again trying to ask is as this thing has changed do we need to all change our expectation and develop better interconnectedness in a decentralized way and i don't mean like we unionize or we but like we how what if this is the message we're getting that we're not good at communicating then if CrossFit is important to you and it is because you're listening to this and you're a CrossFitter or a CrossFit affiliate, how might you strengthen your regional relationships? How might you create a better local network to solve your problems that almost makes this HQ irrelevant? Yes, you pay your money every year, but does that thing, it, is, is that thing important? Do you really care who the CMO is? Does that really matter?
0: Well, I don't think anybody knows who the CMO is anymore, Kelly. So that works out for all of us.
2: <laughs> we never had a CMO when I was there.
0: Yeah, well, I don't think they do anymore either.
2: I I think,
0: I I think we need a lot of Kelly Hogans. I think part of the problem here is they're trying to run this thing as they should, as a company owned by private equity, as a private equity company would run it. But they're right. running it very undisciplined. And that's part of the issue. So to your point, there are great people like Kelly Hogan but they let these guys go out and talk to anybody they want no pre-clearance whatsoever. Just go out and go on. Like we could get anybody we want on this show probably. And they'd come on and we could ask them any question, no holds barred. And part of me loves that in, in a, an open community, but that doesn't work in strictly held company run by a boardroom. Right. My, my point to that is, is it, it, You can get mixed messages unintentionally. Great people trying to do great things unintentionally muddying the message. It needs to. Oh, there's a there's a media
2: a media team that is forward facing and does all those conversations and people who are trained. You're absolutely right. So, is that again, if you're looking to read the tea leaves, then what you're communicating or not communicating is a form of communication, Mm -hmm. and so. If we pause here and say generally people are feeling not seen, they're feeling like they've asked been asked for more money, and that doesn't necessarily that felt like a play to make the company more profitable. Whether that's true or not, that's the perception. How then do we say, okay, this is what we've done now? And how are we going to change that? So what does that look like? And and I think I saw some of the posts talking about putting tickets on sale earlier so they can forecast, all of the things it looks very much like we have a company that's in dire straits and is doing its best to try to figure out because we're in a different era where there's not a thousand level ones that have sold out every single weekend where right we sold out two four weekends a month eight weekends a month as an sme like the that heyday and cash flow has certainly changed where does an institution organization develop and become self-sustaining and how do you do that not necessarily going to the well on the person who is the the person in the community holding that up it's a great question
1: but I don't necessarily feel like that's what's happening right now What do you mean well I don't know i just I guess to me, all of the signs that show that maybe i don't know cash flow isn't a problem or there are new goals or to, to John's point, the twenty percent growth rule is sort of like a newly instated goal or or new with this Upper regime, whatever it may be. But fundamentally, I don't have an issue looking at a large growing brand being like they need to do what they need to do to make money. And I, from what I understand, I was not on the affiliate call and again, not an affiliate owner. So I'm doing a lot of listening at this time. But what I'm hearing is a lot of news from HQ about the things that they have done, put more effort into lately, or you're going to be paying more money. But part of what we're going to be giving you back is this. We have more regional people for you now. They're having roundtable conversations with you on a monthly basis, inviting you to Zoom calls. They have an open email policy, whatever it may be like. I've heard all these things. I don't know how useful they are truly to you on a daily basis. But to me, just looking at all of the elements that have gone into place recently that kind of show that this is an organization that needs to make money doesn't necessarily bother me in the way that I'm concerned about the collapse of the brand or concerned that they're going to be coming after me as an individual because I coach at an affiliate. Now I'm going to have to throw my shillings in. Like okay. it just, it, I don't, so you I don't necessarily are, see that.
2: End up feeling like separate pieces. It's okay for CrossFit to be a successful business because mm-hmm. it allows us to do all these other things. Is it John that we're not getting the communication or the communication has been poorly or ham fisted? Cause I just want to flip this on its head for a second, right? I've known Dave and Nicole for almost twenty years, right? And do you think if you're upset that they're not working their asses off for the brand and for the, and everyone there? So I mean, we can if we look at intentions. I don't think anyone, especially the people who've been around for a long time, on the training staff, look mm-hmm. at the, the people involved. Do they? Do you feel like somehow they're they're negligent in their duties? Is that what we're feeling? Do Does Nicole Carroll not care anymore for CrossFit? No, that's impossible. So what the question I I think fundamentally is instead of just kvetching and then starting some sort of revolution in the side, how can we better serve the community that direction? And then more importantly, how long does that take to see so that I feel seen? Because that's really the thing is that I just, I think we're hearing a lot of hurt and a lot of confusion that people aren't sure what they're, livelihood that we put in for 20 years has been or what's going to yeah. become
1: i think that's valid yeah i i agree wow. i agree
0: yeah i have no hurt for whatever that's worth i mean that sincerely like the the price increase did not i didn't even blink at it it's 1500 bucks for me like it's yeah. a couple of members a year like we'll recover from that that just means we can't buy those two extra assault bikes damn it oh well you know i'll be <laughs> probably i'll be best fine for
1: everyone
2: yeah
0: yeah i think you know for me i I think we all want to know where's this company going to be five years from now. Mm. And on that, have we seen, have
2: have we seen a five-year plan? Does someone put that out? What, 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 what's our vision
0: on the affiliate call? Don said we broke even last year and Mm. on a separate podcast on Sean and Tommy show said that they want to make 20% a year. That's the number they're shooting for. Well, I do banking for a living. I, I understand how that math works. I (laughs) did. And taking, the the extra money that came from the the revenue they just generated from raising our affiliate fees does not get you anywhere near twenty percent if you broke even, not even in the ballpark. It's just a drop in the well. So the question is, are there more coming? How are we going to drive revenue to get to twenty percent? Is it going to be twenty percent every year moving forward? If so, how do we plan to continue to drive revenue? We keep talking about this thirty million crossfers we want to get to. How are we going to get to that? Like there's so many unanswered questions. I think that's where the uncertainty starts piling up for affiliate owners. Like I know how I'm going to run my business. I know how I'm going to generate more customers in the door. I know I'm going to keep the ones that are there. And by the way, all those people don't care about any of this.
1: Right. right. None of them.
0: They don't. They, I swear, I joked with Jen the other day. I'm like, we could take a poll of this group and none of them could tell you who won the games this year.
1: That's right. Right. Like they don't,
0: they don't even care about the games. That's just the fact. They just want to be fit and enjoy themselves. But as a person who owns the joint, I want to know if my brand's still going to say CrossFit five years from now or I'm going to have to change the name to Sugar and False Fitness.
1: Right. <laughs> and, and, and just to piggyback off of that, like that's a question that I have is I don't I'm not convinced that we could or should even get all the answers to the questions that you just asked, because in my mind, I don't know how the inner workings of any business outside of my own work to 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 hear a number like 20% and crunch a few numbers that we know about, like how many additional people are going to be let into the next stage of quarterfinals or, or registration numbers, et cetera, et cetera. Like that's just a tiny sliver of the pie. We know nothing about how that business is truly run and where the different revenue streams are and, and what all the percentages are and what people are being paid. Like we know nothing. And I don't know if we should, like it's a private business. It is what it is. But then again, not an affiliate owner, and if you have those questions about the longevity of your business, I understand and respect wanting some transparency on how the greater organization is run. So I just like I I see it both ways. You know but what did, I mean? Did we
2: have greater transparency ten years ago?
1: I don't think so. I don't think not so. financially.
2: So w- what is it? We've gone. Is the fundamental the we we don't we all didn't know how it was run or what what sort of new initiatives that would come out but we knew the people who are running that and we were okay with whatever they said because our affiliate was so great is 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 that just the difference is know. you know what i
0: mean well no i think there's a difference first of all i don't agree with that being a private company it's not i'm a shareholder i own stock in this company it's called an affiliate like i view mm. i view my affiliate no different than the stock in the bank that i work for same thing i get a vote right that's how i view it I don't know if other affiliate owners feel that way, but I feel that strongly in the brand. And I do think it's different, the difference between private equity and, and Greg and helping people understand that. Like, I have a pretty good sense of why they broke even. If Greg had come forward, if he still owned it and said, hey, we broke even in 2023, everyone would have been like, oh, my God, Greg, are you okay? Do you have enough saved? Are you going to make your mortgage payment? Like, People would have been worried about Greg. They would have like they don't want to see him lose his livelihood because we loved him when private. Wait, are, we, are we
2: talking about the fountainhead right now? I mean, that's really what we're talking about, right? The a well, loan yeah. genius versus interesting. interesting. No, mm-hmm. well,
0: we would have we would have worried about that. Greg Rourke. We, we were, would have worried is Dave and Nicole going to get a paycheck when private equity says they broke even. They didn't break even private equity took money out of the business in order for the business to break even and private equity got paid. And that's what people don't understand. So Greg and the current
1: though, if, if, if Greg had said we broke even, we still wouldn't know what everyone's salary was or how many dinners they took Kelly to.
0: Yeah. But if, if it broke even when Greg owned it, there's a pretty good chance it's going out of business, meaning they actually didn't make money. When private equity breaks, even they didn't break even Nick, Nikki, they made 16 million and that 16 million went to the private equity firm.
1: Yeah, but how do we not know that a company that says they broke even didn't just break even after they paid everyone millions of dollars because that's what they wanted to pay people? It seems it, like the exact same thing to me.
0: It's, I guess it's possible. I'm saying it's not probable. Yeah. The, I mean, the, I mean, look, private equity companies are not dumb. They bought this thing two years ago, three years ago. They did all their due diligence before buying it, all of it. And trust me, when I tell me, I I wasn't in the room, obviously, and I don't work for these guys, but I'm around a lot of banking lawyers and I know how these guys work. And I promise you, they did their due diligence and they knew what the revenue was and they knew it would be making money from the day they bought it. So I don't I don't have the same level of concern when you say it broke even under private equity than it did under Greg, because I know they make money. They're booking it to make it. break even. So
2: the CrossFit had to do its meet its nut and simultaneously they had to pay off this this investment that this, these group of people who bought the company, right? So, right. And that that's the calculus that we didn't have before. You're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. So the question then is, and I do think this is, we're seeing all a lot of venture backed people need their money out. Does that tanker the business? I think that's a, that's a fundamental question. And you're absolutely right. What is the definition of Let's just say that CrossFit is not a typical business. CrossFit has the right to make money. It should be profitable. But it's very unusual, as you pointed out, Nikki, about John as a stakeholder. where We all have this intense personal relationship because I did Fran. I own part of this company. And (laughs) someone owes me because I suffered and have Fran lung. So... But at some point, the, the there is this question fundamentally of does this is it are we at odds because Cross let's say CrossFit is the only entity like this in the world, let's just say that it is. We've been approached, I can see personally, four times now to be bought, and every time someone looks at, we're always like, oh, tell us more. And it is an ex- value extraction machine where they're looking in and can we get four x or five x or do this thing? And I mean, really is. Predatory isn't the right word because a lot of amazing businesses are funded and can do a lot of things. But you're absolutely right. There's a fundamental issue with who are the the shareholders and who are the stakeholders in our success. And it feels like that siphoning off a chunk of our success probably doesn't feel good to people. And we can't tell if where we're going in five years or not.
0: It changes how decisions are made. To sure. answer your question, if it, it changes them dramatically, so, like on I mean, an
1: affiliate level,
0: and, well, at the HQ level, which will then in turn impact us at the affiliate mm-hmm. level, for sure. Like so, in again, this isn't, and I, I want to make sure I'm clear here. I'm not saying what the way Greg ran it and running it under Greg is the right way, and private equity is wrong. I Yeah, I'm. I work for a company very similar to private equity, and I do this every day and drive a lot of revenue for business just like it. Like greed is good. I was joking my daughter night Nikki, you'll love this. we're driving her little Tiguan. And she's like, we can drive this Mississippi to see green and granddaddy. I'm like, no, we can't. And she's like, why not? I'm like, because you have all your little liberal bumper stickers on the back, including (laughs) what including the one that says save trees, not corporate greed. I'm like, you do realize how ironic that is, right? Like this car was literally paid for by banks.
1: Also it's a Tiguan.
0: So... Yeah, and, yeah, and it's a TIG one. So like, there's all <laughs> bad, all kind of bad mojo here. It's, but in any event, my point to all of that is, in its current state, and Kelly's spot on. They're looking for four x or five x over what they paid for it. It's simple as that, right? Mm-hmm. So if they paid, if they paid a hundred million, they want to make five hundred million. If they pay two hundred million, do the math. And and so that's how decisions are going to be made moving forward. Whereas Greg would have said, who do I have to sue next, right? Like he had dozens of law firms to protect us from all these other entities going after CrossFit. And we knew that's what he was spending the money on. We knew it. Whereas private equity is going to go, our goal here is 20%, how do we do that? And you've already seen those effects. Some examples of that would be moving to Fort Worth, getting rid of adaptive and age group, moving to a larger facility, selling tickets early. None of these are bad ideas, by the way. They're just like ramifications of having to make more money.
1: Yeah. And there's a part of what I'm about to say that is going to sound very na- naive. And I understand that. But I, how do I, how do I phrase this? Like, I don't, I don't blame them, anyone who bought this company and then wants a 5X return. Like, I don't not. blame anyone for going into business and trying to, but that type of an investment also will, give us a rising tide kind of a vibe. And so I have to imagine that if those people are making 20% and then 4X, 5X year over year, then the entire company has grown and the benefits have been reaped throughout the entire ecosystem of the brand. I like there's there's just a part of me that isn't only like those people are gonna come and get five X their return and be like peace and bounce, and then we're gonna be a shell of a brand that dies. Like I, I cannot blame them for wanting to earn more, for for taking big salaries, for putting up the initial cash flow, and then for reinvesting, hopefully, in the areas within the organization that make sense, which they have already started to do. So There are probably people and affiliate owners listening to this being like, this bitch doesn't know what I'm I'm just talking about. They are going to take money and they are going to bounce. And it is like, buh-bye, because they're not a part of this community. And I understand that. But that's not how businesses grow. And they probably want to vested They have a vested interest in growing this company so they can make the most money possible. And that's not going to happen from 15,000 pissed off affiliate owners that walk. Maybe. I don't know i
0: don't know (laughs) i'm not saying you're naive uh much i just think that (laughs)
2: well let me ask you that (laughs) just a scotch just a little we all can see what are the ways that crossfit has in its hand to make revenue i think you could start there right you could say we have
1: wait i don't know if you can start there because i don't know if we have a great enough understanding of what parts of what revenue streams affect the silo of crossfit that trickles down to the affiliates versus the silo of crossfit that is professional sport versus training how how about that we don't at some point
2: maybe the total choices are limited that crossfit has in terms of raising revenue for crossfit inc right okay there's a lot of different revenues there but if now we're seeing globally people don't go to courses as often okay so we turn that one down right And then you, the games has always, I think, been a a loss leader, probably, because it costs so much to put on, and it was incredible, and it blew up our sport and did all those things. Okay, but potentially that's a revenue stream, potentially. You have, like, work your way through, and then if you're in there in that equity group, you start to say, well, where are the places where we can innovate? And I think one of the issues is we don't feel like we're innovating yet. We, I think we live through peak innovation where it was heady when we were figuring this stuff out. Rogue is on the place. People are launching RX bars. There's companies making jump ropes. Like The amount of wealth generated in and around CrossFit has to be, what, a billion dollars, more than a billion dollars, $2 billion yep. easily, right? And so look at the ways that CrossFit has to make money left to it. Again, I don't, I don't know what all those are but I would guess that they are limited and finite. So where do you innovate as a company to theoretically at least say, hey, we can't have 20% growth, but we can have a profitable business year on that makes money. Like what is an appropriate amount? We have to have 20% growth. Eventually there aren't enough gyms. There aren't enough people to go to those gyms. We have to, we have to think. So I, I think there may be this type one error in this institutional thinking that we're going to get 20% growth and profit every year out of this thing when there are just that only so many sort of nipples to suckle at
1: no that's entirely true and i think i personally not as an affiliate owner but just as someone who's been involved in the brand for over a decade i am like hungry for that innovation because i i only want to see prosperity with this entire brand and that means growth in different channels but i also think it's really hard to make a one to one comparison or even a even a chart of where those revenue streams have been coming from over the years because things have changed so dramatically like even just to say okay so globally education or crossfit training is down but look at how the courses have changed over the last 5 years alone Like they were like, first, there were only level one, level two, and now it goes all the way up to level four. And then there was like CrossFit sanctioned education. And now every piece of education is totally independent. And the ones that were part of it were, are no no longer part of it. Or there are new ones that are like, have been brought in. And, and I just, there's no necessity. It's all apples to oranges is what I'm trying to say. And so I think it's really difficult to crunch those numbers from the outside looking in. And it all comes back to, is that a type of data point that we deserve to know more about or is that part of how a private organization is run and it's a great question is what it is i don't know like,
0: what do you think i don't i don't think i need their pnl i don't <laughs> need to see the the individual revenue streams i already have a sense of what they are and i think most people do kelly you mentioned them all like we know what they all are we don't i don't need to know the exact dollars what i need to know is how are they to use your word, are going to extract the money out of the business and get to their goals they're going to get to without fundamentally changing this business? Or are you going to fundamentally change it? And if so, tell me what that's going to look like.
1: Yeah. So, keep what, we're what, going
0: to,
2: so if that's oh, a fear, that's a, and that's a legitimate fear, what are we afraid of? What, what's well, it look so, like? Give us some examples of, of what you think, because I mean, we're catastrophizing here. Yeah. Or tell us, show me the, show me the brick. And again, I'm not trying to push back. I'm just saying, I think what we're we're afraid of is, hey, we see this thing, which is real and this phenomenon that's happening. And we are asking these questions, will this change or how will this change us? Because it has to. So what, what ends up happening?
0: Well, I think the fear, there are probably two fears here. One, the biggest one is the math that they're giving us doesn't work. And so they need to explain it to us so we can have a better sense of what direction they're going. Don keeps saying, He keeps giving us two numbers, 20% profit and 30 million CrossFitters. Those are the two goals that they have. Let's get to 30 million CrossFitters. Well, we know there are three to five million CrossFitters worldwide as there stands now between the 13,000 affiliates we have. You could highball the number closer to five to seven if you want to pull in the garage gyms, and I'd be fine with that. You still got to get to 30 million. Well, there's not enough space. I mean, there's enough space, but there aren't going to be enough people willing to open enough affiliates to get to 30 million. There just aren't like, I just, you're not going to convince me otherwise. So how are you going to get to 30 million? I want the answer to that. I have a suspicion. I think it probably will be some sort of online programming and I'm not against that. I just want to know what it looks like. It would be a tremendous revenue generator for them. Tremendous. It would not cost them a ton to do so. And it could fundamentally transform the business and make them highly profitable. And if done right, could really be an advantage for the affiliates. But I don't have any of those details. So if they're not going to do that,
2: how are you going to get to 30 million? Tell me. Okay, like, so just-, just breaking that down, we're trying to grow the number of people CrossFitting. So they, those people theoretically are buying what? I mean, from CrossFit, more just level ones? Is I mean- Core Power Yoga went through that where they suddenly were like, well, we're going to make money for our investors. We're going to get every mom, everyone who takes Core Power Yoga is going to become a yoga instructor. And it became a Ponzi scheme to just sell on right. yoga instructions. And then suddenly everyone in your gym who's a level four and no one's coaching except for the person. Around it, right. So there is that opportunity. We, and yeah. we saw a lot of people got curious about getting their level one. But does, doesn't CrossFit already do
1: online programming? That's my argument.
0: They, they do, but they don't charge for it.
1: At least they at least they don't
0: charge individually. Don was on a show not that long ago. It wasn't a, like a CrossFit podcast. It was not a very well watched within our community, but it was like an online summit of companies like Peloton and things like that. And he's quite literally said one of the main things they've been talking about and working on is how do you reach people that don't live near affiliates that want to work out a couple of days a week from their home? How mm-hmm. do we how do we reignite that? spark we had in the early days of crossfit we had the journal and everyone would go online and look at that like how do you get that back and and get it to those people
1: i got it you get another global pandemic
0: boom (laughs) yeah there you go that's all It's every
1: problem everyone Everyone all of a sudden wants a gym membership and wants equipment and wants to work out and people who've never worked out before are suddenly like i must i mean own a rower Think think of it like
0: this. If if I could do an, an online app that gave you CrossFit and provided you with all of the videos, all of the seminar staff, everything you would need to do to do CrossFit from home, right, for however many days a week you wanted to do, and I could charge you 50 bucks a month for that, it would only take five people to equal one affiliate in annual revenue to the company.
1: Gosh. Yeah, and it's funny, people people just want it all tied up in a bow like that without even realizing that it's all already available for free.
0: I get that, but, it, well, everyone's selling programming these days. My point is, is you wouldn't need to get 30 million CrossFitters. You'd need 20 or 30,000 paying 50 bucks a month to generate the kind of revenue they're talking about.
2: We have seen companies like Hinge Health and Sword, these kind of online PT businesses, and turns out they just haven't done what they purported to do or trying to do. They're just skimming off PT. But more importantly, people hated it virtually. They liked the idea, sometimes the convenience, but just didn't, didn't interact. So some kind of hybrid, you're probably right. And we know that that works because the real question now is, can CrossFit compete with Matt Frazier? Can CrossFit right. compete with Tia? Right. Can CrossFit compete with Rich Froning or Rich, or Jason Kalipa? show me that they can't i mean those people their programming is good Mm -hmm. it's so dense and they built it up look at rpm and look pat barber's done i mean adam the programming that's come out what miranda has done yeah crossfit is going to work really hard and is that their skill set and could could they just flip that over and would people go maybe
0: well no argument kelly That Nikki knows that I know that. The question is: Do the people sit in a boardroom in Boston for private equity that don't do CrossFit? Do they understand that?
1: Yeah. And and I think I think CrossFit could pull in the proper people. So, and there's plenty of people internally already that I trust fully with my with my programming and my health for sure,
2: hundred percent. And this guest program they do, I just can't get enough of that. Mm -hmm. I was just telling someone on a podcast, I was like, let me point out that CrossFit was one of the first organizations i knew that paid prize money for men and women the same
1: that's right yeah. and still still very few uh professional i was like oh, oh women's, women's national soccer team district.
2: welcome to crossfit like mm-hmm. i mean like yeah. surfing welcome to CrossFit. we've been doing this for a long time so there's some very very progressive elements here the the question is does that is that a fear to get to 30 million is that cuz okay, they can turn that on what are other fears cuz i don't see that that doesn't i'm not going to lose my affiliate or people coming to my gym because CrossFit puts out their own program, right? So, what? Where? Where else are we going?
1: Wait, I would just like to. Making? I agree with you. I am just throwing out there that if that does happen, that I feel like there will be pitchforks because not everyone else will agree with you. Stand really? That up there? Yes.
2: Well, yes. maybe it's because I can't. I'm a Gen Xer who came up with the hard yeah. knocks CrossFit, who was right. a group it. Oh, your programming is really good. Prove it. Like you right. think your affiliate is the shit. Prove it. You yes. know what I mean? I mean, we, re- there was no protection. Someone could open up the CrossFit right across the corner. How many CrossFit did launch? It we was encouraged. So, so many gyms would like be like late. We're going to open up our own gym down the street. And I was like, cool. Good luck with that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, I mean, if there is that aside, but what else are, what else are you thinking, John, in terms of what, what, how else culturally is it? Is it a big brand comes in like monster? is that our fear i
0: guess it's possible that's absolutely a a possible fear that we could that it could be sold to a monster or to no. Not so but
2: that branding somehow like we've always i
0: i don't view any of those things as fears though kelly like none of this even the app thing's not a fear for me the the only fear for me is i'm i'm getting no info Mm. i don't know what's coming so i i like my, the only decision I can really make is to affiliate year to year and just wait for the one decision that's going to finally make me give them the finger and leave. I want to, I'd like a five-year plan so I can help them build this thing. Mm. I don't want to leave. I want to be here for the next five years, next 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, however long it is. I just want to know what the future holds, not month to month. And right now it feels month to month.
2: Their dirty secret for all the young affiliates out there is that we always, all of us have two names. We had, our business was incorporated and our business was incorporated as Training House, which is a deep Firefly reference, everyone. Just sci-fi, if you want to know, that's where that comes from. <laughs> it's such, it was, we own that still. And the Minnesota Vikings tried to name their house, their gym, Training House, their thing. And they had to tra- call it Training House, H-A-U-S. And I was like, oh, a little CrossFit gym oh, cock you. dude. I love it. We learned <laughs> we early- the
1: domain. O- that's what you should have said. <laughs> that's
2: right. We are, early on, we all felt like we didn't know what the future of CrossFit was. It was this experiment, and so we were never ever 100% put our eggs in one basket. I would think if you ask people what your corporation is, you couldn't put your start a corporation based on your licensing from another gym, from a parent company. That's really strange. So, not that we always had one foot out the door because we didn't. We we were a CrossFit gym for almost 17 years. So the question is, is is the lack of communication like? it feels weird that we don't know what we don't know and that this thing that we've always had our hands around and knew what we sort of represented, we don't know, and there's a lot of change fast. Is that just the problem?
0: I certainly think it's part of it. I don't know if it's the entirety of the problem, but I think it's part of it for sure. For me, fundamentally, it's just, again, I'll just, I keep, I know I keep hammering the point. I just want the details of of what they're working on. Like, here, here's the easiest way I can explain it. When they came to us and said 1500 bucks, the reason why I raised did so many dumb jokes about it isn't because I cared so much about the $1,500. It felt a lot like the government coming to me, raising my taxes and going, I can spend this money better than you, John. Mm. Not telling me what they're spending on it all along when I know they're going to buy missiles and bombs with it. You know what I mean? And it's the same thing. Like, I'm going to give you the $1,500. bucks. i would like to know what you're going to spend it on. Did you
1: do a little bit of that explanation in how gave, they were? You gave me about- the real
0: high level topic. Hey, we're okay. gonna spend it on some marketing, and we're gonna help fight the battles for you guys out in the field. I'm like, well, what are you fighting?
1: What does that mean? Okay, well, so you wh- just what more is, is the detail. marketing?
0: Got it. Who are you reaching out? How are you gonna get people in my gym? You know what I mean, like. Or I don't honestly, I don't even care if they do that. I can do that just fine on my own. I don't even need them to do that.
2: And that is a that's actually a fundamental question. Is CrossFit's responsibility to drive people to your gym? Or is it to raise global brand awareness and start partnerships and create opportunities for you? I mean, yes. I think that is something that we should ask. <laughs> yes. Don Across Don sport, says yeah.
0: it is, but I don't think it is. I mean, I'm I'm if he wants to do it, I'm all for it. Hey, knock yourself out, buddy. Send me people all day long. I'm fine with that. But I don't think I need him driving people in. I think brand awareness is huge. I think teaching people that CrossFit is not dangerous is huge. Hel- helping people understand what it is, getting it, getting it in front of the eyes of more people that need it. This country's chronically obese. Yeah, I mean it is. The disease is rampant. Like we've we've got to help solve that. Like that that message has to start going back out that this fundamentally is a health company. We're solving chronic disease. We're helping people get off the couch and live longer and hug their grandkids at, at later ages. And and I think if they're going to spend the money on that, hell, I'll pay them two grand or three grand or whatever it takes to make people, when they hear the name CrossFit, go, holy crap, I need to go do that. If you yeah, have the a opportunity... Lot of, a
1: lot of those efforts are one and the same, truly. Sure. You can't raise yeah. global global brand awareness without effectively pointing people to how they can get to your front door.
2: Yeah. But if you could buy like- private equity out, would you, if mm-hmm. if we all had an opportunity to say, this is we're going to own, like owning a piece of a stadium or piece of a team. Would that change the issue? Would that solve this problem?
0: Ooh, that's a long, it's a long episode, Kelly. I got to think about that one. I mm-hmm. I'm not sure we wouldn't make it worse.
2: <laughs> that's
0: right. Yeah, to some degree. It, if I could buy it out and I knew I could hand it over.
2: No, I mean, buy it out as like all the affiliates suddenly put 5000 bucks in or whatever. Yeah, somebody's
0: still got to run it, though. And if, yeah. I, if I get to pick who's going to sit on that board. That's what I'm saying. And it's going to be Dave, Nicole, you. I'll leave Don on there because I really like Don quite a bit, actually. I'll step
1: in as CMO. I got we'll, you. We'll put I got Nick you. as the CMO.
0: I'll be chief laughter officer. And... Will be good i'm
1: very you expensive know. crossfit can't afford me uh,
0: meme <laughs> lord i'll be yeah i'll be chief meme lord or CMO. cmo well CMO. wait
1: let me ask a a perpendicular question to that kelly would you ever own a, another affiliate fuck yeah really
2: oh yeah well, what's down. stopping
1: what is stopping you
2: what a pain in the fucking ass owning an affiliate is <laughs> all of the people who are so a hundred percent and it would be aimed at young women. And I would gather all the teens in the neighborhood. I think Juliet and I are just 10 out of 10 maxed on the ready state and all doing all yeah. the things we're doing here. And, you know, feeling what we felt like when we ran a business like the ready state and own an affiliate, that was tricky. But tomorrow I'd go right back in and you I didn't. would make fewer mistakes. It would be better run. I would charge more money. Like there's all those things because when we closed our gym in the pandemic, it made the most money and was at the peak of its power and had the greatest staff it had ever had. We only went out at the top and we were so lucky. We got in first. We had name recognition, all those things our location. Our rent, everybody was $25,000 a month. Holy and God. we still made money. We still I crushed it. I would I own a feel it again, a hundred percent. And I would call it something something and it would we'd also be a CrossFit. I mean for sure. How why would I not tap into everyone and everyone who'd be like, oh Kelly starts CrossFit again? I'm going back over. It. I'm sending it to And whether whether you I called a CrossFit or not, you know what you'd be doing in there? Couplets and triplets. Let me introduce you to fucking couplets and triplets. Oh, here's a weightlifting move, here's a couplet and triplet. All day. I mean well, I, still I that think
1: way. I think Ready State CrossFit has a nice ring to it. Oh, and I'm really ready. Are. I'm ready to drop in. So
2: there's a new there's some going to be some construction at the entrance to our little valley, and we were driving by there today, and Jill, it's like, huh, a good place for a gym, and I was like, I could ride my bike here in five minutes. That means I wouldn't mind coaching this exam class because I'm an old retired guy, right? The difference is now I get to open a gym, and I don't feel like I have to make money to pay, and I think that is a very different approach. Suddenly, if you feel like if we don't get people in the in the door we go bankrupt as a family we're underwater i've talked to enough gyms owners who've been struggling with that versus being able to play offense and i think we're ready to play law offense but that that is the difference and would i open a gym again CrossFit the gym 100%. 100 times out of 100 times
1: so fun we would come to opening day
2: oh it would be so fun wtf gym talk i uh, just put up the uh, that gym i don't know where it is in minnesota or something that's like like influencer dream. Did you see that, Jim? It has like all oh, like deadlifting areas and strobe lights and selfie mirrors and and I was like, Dude, that's it. But pink. I'm like my everyone, don't you can't take my idea. Think enter Miami. Like, you know what we've got um Beckham's team. It's all pink. I'm going all pink next time. My CrossFit affiliate is pink. I'm in. Let's I go. It. I
0: love it so much.
2: You know what I what I care and the reason I'm not afraid of this organization. People give a shit about what this happens. And they will continue to say, hey, I'm not happy. I'm not happy. I don't feel seen. What I want everyone to hear, and if there's a snippet here, is don't stop that. That is the central feature of this organization and the decentralized command structure that we're all in. We all give a fuck, and we all give way more fucks than F45, Orange Theory. People will not die for Orange Theory. We'll die for CrossFit. Men and women will die for points is what Greg said. That is still true.
1: Yeah. hundred percent. The point
2: is a lot bigger.
0: Well, I think I, and that's a good point that I, that I think we are, I think we all feel that way, Kelly. I do. I believe in the power of CrossFit and our gyms and what we do day in and day out. And I'm silently praying every day that we're going to be around for the next 10 to 15 mm-hmm. years and that and to your point that if enough of us continue to raise concerns and i'm not talking about everybody complaining i know people often think i'm complaining i'm really not i love crossfit and i have no problem making money because i do that every day i'm a real big boy job like mm-hmm. I, I get it but man i just i've been around too long to see this thing go away and see how many lives has changed and how many people it's brought together and i get to meet great people like Kelly here and Nikki and yeah and I don't want to see it go anywhere. Well, know?
1: and that's just it, right? It's like the pushback is really coming from a place of love because everybody wants this thing to grow. And mm-hmm. and even that's if you're point. not in it to make a paycheck necessarily, like I want to raise my kid, soon to be kids in one of these facilities. Like I want this to be a fundamental part of my legacy in one way shape or form and that has nothing to do with how much i can snatch you know what i mean that has to uh, do with what it's i'm how
2: much your kids can snatch that, well, that is very true
1: someday when my kids are games athletes we'll talk but like <laughs> it's it is everything to do with like like fundamentally as a human trying to instill the things that i want to instill in the next generation and that to me Comes from this training methodology and these 100%. facilities that we're in on a daily basis. So it's like, it's so much more. I want the reason why we're bitching about affiliate fees or questioning who's in the C suite is, is really trickles down to just a love for this entire idea on so many more visceral levels. Does the C-suite branding. care
2: as much about this as I care
1: much about this? That's
2: really the question. If
0: they right. will I, start hiring within the community, they will.
1: I don't know, but they they care about something enough to, to tie their shoes and head into work every day. That's right. And everybody wants success from that. So I don't know if they give a shit if my kids grow up and learn how to snatch but they sure as shit, give a shit about their daily success. And that has to do with the success of this brand. Yeah.
2: You can, you can, you can do the right thing for the wrong reason or Mm -hmm. shit. I do think Don
1: does. (laughs) Oh yeah. yeah. Don, I actually do think Don's a user.
2: He's been there forever. I mean, Don was a member of our gym. He's a member of of Jason's gym. Like he he believes in CrossFit. So I,
0: at a minimum, the CEO believes in the power of CrossFit. And that's, that's huge for us. Yeah. Hey, before we wrap this thing up, we were talking about kids. Uh, last time you were on the show, Kelly, you were talking about your daughter uh does water polo. And are you going to Greece? Did you tell me you're going to Greece with them to I'm do going this?
2: To no, I'm going yeah. to Greece with a uh, local university team I work with.
0: It's training camp. That's amazing. Cool. When are you
2: going? First first week of January. Coming up? Yeah. up. Uh I know. I love it. I'm just a I I'm still a physio. I'm still a strength coach. You sit down next to me on the on the airplane. I'm gonna tell you I'm I'm a coach. That's what I do.
1: You're be not gonna be it. like, you don't know who I am?
2: <laughs> Good Lord. Good Lord. Do you take your own books
0: on the plane and read your own books so people can ask what you're eating? Because I, you I would. I would forward. What's, do what's that. really
2: amazing is I don't have to because they're actually on the plane. Are they? It's so fun. It's so fun. Oh we this people give a shit, keep giving shit. Ask yourself what would I change? How would I how do I give feedback to the, the HQ? Have if you haven't emailed them, if there's a direct email and you haven't emailed, that's on you. Start emailing them. Start 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 a conversation. Yeah, you'd be out,
1: surprised who will respond. Yeah, you're gonna Literally.
0: shout out Don's email real quick. He'll love that of you if you do that. <laughs>
1: at... Yeah, who knows?
0: <laughs> They're all pretty easy to reach. Everybody can figure out what their emails are. I wanna, a, I wanna I yeah. wanna tell
2: a, a quick story of this is that Georgia was born when we opened CrossFit. She she was already around a little bit. But grew up in the gym. And my she's a freshman at Michigan, go blue. And she can Girl. Snatch and clean and jerk and deadlift and she goes and she squats and she's knows how to build Metcons and couplets, knows how to eat, like it's completely a self sufficient animal. And which is one of our goals for our daughter. My second daughter, who's a sophomore in high school, is five ten. She's a superstar goalie. Water polo coaches out there, listen up. And she's gonna go on the D one track for sure, but she has this insane arm, insane. And people were like, whoa, how would she learn to throw that? I'm like, she's been muscle snatching since she was a child. Like, <laughs> how was she so strong? I'm like, are you serious? Have you seen her do peak wattage? Have you seen my 15-year-old put out 800 watts on the assault bike? I'm like, "Are you've got to be kidding.
1: This That's kid power.
2: is a killer. And thank you, CrossFit, for, for yeah. teaching me how to teach my kids how to suffer and out-suffer the other girls.
1: Yeah. It's crazy what, what they pick up. It is really wild and i'm i'm finally starting to see it i my two-year-old was at the gym with me tonight when i was coaching class and was like half watching his ipad but also half watching class came home and in his toy room room full of toys everything's out because he's two and we're a mess played with his barbell like came home picked it up and like was like Play snatching, put it on his back, was showing me his squats and whatever, and I was like, yeah, because because they're always watching.
2: Look, this I, is going to be construed super weird. Do you know how many times I've offered to buy Cara Saunders' babies? Just like <laughs> I'm like, just <laughs> wrap it up, send me that kid. I mean, the monsters that are coming. I think that's what. Just keep in mind, everyone. This experiment we're all in—it's an experiment, and it has always been an experiment, and it's a living document, living experiment. And just wait the next generation we might just be in this weird slack time but it's unequivocally you cannot fake this stuff Not well, scared I mean, of this
1: generation i'm scared of the like freaking 17 year old athletes right now monsters yeah
0: it changes your life i think that's why we're all so passionate about it i mean i started yeah. at 40 for god's sakes and right. and have found myself now in in my very early 50s just make sure I got to emphasize that <laughs> uh, that I'm in the best shape I've ever been in Yeah, uh, at 53 and that's life changing. I was talking to somebody at work about this today and they're like, why do you, why do you do all this training? Why do you train? What are you training for? What are you I'm training
1: like, for? Yeah. I'm like,
0: I'm training to go to Costco and pick up a 50 pound bag of something. I'm yeah. training. No, I'm, the, I'm literally training for that eventual the, fall. The
2: injuries are coming. Yeah, Look, like, I, had to, I had to. I had have my knee replaced. I may have told this story. I crashed skiing, going very fast, and put my femur through my tibia. And <gasps> did not, I did not tear anything. I had just deadlifted like five seventy five. I was power cleaning three sixty. I, I, I was pretty strong. And, comma, when they went in to go finally cut my bone to do the knee replacement, they went through three saw blades. Why they could not cut my femur because my bone density. And there, I was like, well, what's your plan for? rich froning if he needed this like you you there's not a saw around that could possibly get through some of these women's bones like i'm just some middle-aged mm-hmm. crossfitter and that they were like we've never seen bone density like this ever in the history of the or this is the head of orthopedics of ucsf and i was like let me introduce you to crossfit
1: yeah. <laughs> sir would you like to step into my gym
2: yeah there you go yeah it works that's what we're training it does work
1: i love yeah. hearing these these are my favorite stories to hear honestly i mean i i hope you don't ever have another scenario where you crash jam one bone through another yeah, bone let's I don't not do that. that but but those types of stories and and john you being in the best shape of your life and friggin i watched matt pr lifts on his 41st birthday this week which if you would ask him 20 years ago where he thought he would be in his early very early 40s right he never would have been like stronger than i've ever been in my life because that's not the impression that people have yeah. of aging.
0: I I try to tell people like my dad has CrossFitted for three, four years now. And he's he'll be 80 next year. And or in November. And he he runs, he trains beagles for to make them field champions. So they run rabbits. And he was out in the woods and Mississippi has all these briar thickets and it's real dense underbrush. And he fell at 78. In the woods, by himself, in the, probably in the dark, knowing how early he gets up. But he's off alone and no one around him. But because he's been doing burpees for months after months after months, he knew how to get him, pull himself over and get up from the ground. And you can't underestimate how many people in that age group die from falls.
1: I was going to say, that could be an absolute death trap for someone else in yeah. that scenario.
0: And that's the beauty of CrossFit. It teaches you to go to the ground and get up. And I know it seems silly to a lot of people, but it's not when you're 78. And when you're 15, you're training to be 70.
2: It's our institution. Institutions exist. They need to be torn down and remodeled. And that is a feature, not a bug. Yeah. So keep fighting. Keep keep being transparent and talk to your friends about this. Really talk like this is this is the call to move closer to HQ,
1: not further from HQ.
2: And I use HQ on purpose. Because I think there's CrossFit Inc and there was crossfit hq so let's move closer back to C- crossfit hq
1: is that we'll, hq again that was home office for a while HQ. it's okay H- HQ. it will
2: always be hq sorry
1: okay okay all
0: right well, we're gonna wrap up on that before we go kelly where can people find you and mm-hmm. all your
2: works we are at the ready state that's it so i need I'm everywhere and they can find all <laughs> your
0: books all your best sellers all the great
2: stuff
1: take them on the plane with you mm-hmm. when you travel
0: mm-hmm. Love it. All right. Well, tell your wonderful wife. We said hello. We should have yes, invited please. her on, too. I don't know why we did.
1: I know. Oh, oh yeah,
2: you'd you be fired up. The CEO of a CrossFit gym. I'm just the head coach. She was the CEO. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you two very much. And listen, if you li- made it through all the way th- through this, this is our community. We're not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. And uh, probably I'll open another gym.
1: I can't wait. I am so here for that. We are coming.
2: We are coming. And if you tie my jump rope in a fucking knot, I'll take your finger. That's
1: your thing. Oh my god,
0: savages! That's Uh, who does such a thing. Raised by wolves. There you go. All right, well, everyone, thanks for listening. Happy New Year, and we will chat with you guys next week.